Hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howell. And this is George by Chance. Show where we come to talk all things entertainment, including movies, television, streaming, all that good stuff. And you are in our second annual, oh, sorry, second week of our third annual Scarefest. And uh, this one we decided to, you know, we didn't want to poll this one because you actually had a pick that I think actually think was pretty brilliant. Not the movie itself, <laughs> but I have thoughts on that on myself. Maybe I think it's brilliant. Who knows? But uh, you want us to take a look at Jennifer's body. That sounds so wrong. That sounds so wrong. The movie, Jennifer's Body. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it was one of the ones where I remember seeing it in 09. It got slaughtered with awful reviews. And then I just like, I just keep reading things about it's considered a cult classic. And I was like, you know what? We need to revisit this. And I figured 11, you know, 11 years have passed. I think we just give it a shot. So, yeah. Yeah, and we will definitely get more into that later. But uh, for right now, we have our, uh, you know, our, our usual segments, first of which is our weekly trailer talk. First of w- first trailer we're going to be talking about is, ooh, we have, we have so many different ones to talk about. But let's start off with this one. Uh, the first show we're talking about is for Sylvie's Love. Uh, this is a... Uh, romance period piece starring Tessa Thompson and Namdi Asamoa. Yes, former NFL cornerback Namdi Asamoa, who's just, <laughs> for some reason, tried to transition to having an acting career. I don't know if he's running out of tough stuff to tell Kerry Washington while they're at home. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, they're in this movie together. It's about a woman who, uh, you know, just trying, she's going about doing her thing, falls in love with a, a, tr- a trumpeteer, a trump- trumpet guy. Boogie sure. Woogie, yeah. Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy from Company B. Uh, you know, th- th- you know, they have a thing, but he's got to go off, uh, you know, to do his thing in Paris. So she stays. And, you know, she gets married to no- to another guy, and he comes back, and all oh, it's, it's a whole to do. Uh, <laughs> Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Sylvie's Love? Like uh, this was like a, a a weird blended movie for me. I think it was like almost like if Beale Street could talk meets La La Land kind of vibe. A little bit, yeah. You know what I mean? A little bit. I mean, I'm not saying spot on, but just it, the, the vibe that I got from it. Um, I mean, the movie looks okay. It's your typical, you know, I go I go off and do my own thing and you move on with your life notebook type thing where, you know, you come back and, you know, the woman that you fell for is married to somebody else now. And, yeah, all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. oh that I mean, it looks good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I want to watch this to see if Nam Diaz walk and act. This is, it's just a weird, yeah. it's a weird career choice after after he retired from the NFL. And he was good, not like he was bad at, at he was not like he was bad at football. He, he was like one of the best cornerbacks in the league when he was in. So yeah, definitely want to see what he can do in, in an acting in an acting role. Uh, yeah, sure. it's gonna drop for drops on Amazon Prime, which we'll be talking about later in the show. Uh, dropping Amazon Prime. On uh, let's see, December twenty fifth, twenty twenty, Christmas, Christmas Day. They will feature that in Seoul. There you go. Done deal. Uh, <laughs> next thing we're going to be talking about is uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, next thing we're talking about for is Monster Hunter. Uh, Monster Hunter is the latest film from director Paul W S Anderson. Out. Yeah, I know. I know. We were too. Uh, Paul Davis Anderson, based on another video game, which I've admittedly never played. I never played the Monster Hunter games. Uh, I've never even heard of it. Stars Mila, jo- stars the cast features Mila Jovovich, T.I., I think the guy who played Stryker in the newer X-Men films. 
other people, I'm sure. <laughs> I think the dude. I think the dude from Rock of Ages is in this. Uh, as a, as a uh, platoon. Oh, Tony Jaa. Tony Jaa was in it. Uh, as a platoon of soldiers who somehow end up in another dimension and have to fight monsters. Now, look. I, as someone who watched all the Resident Evils fairly recently. I thought his movies were incomprehensible, but his trailers are even worse because I don't know what the hell happened. I, I don't know what happened. This movie is like, the trailer is like a one and a half, two minutes. Couldn't tell you anything that was going on. It's just so like no. jump cut, like scatter shot action. I, that's, that's the problem with, with Resident Evil films. Like, it makes the action boring. Uh, it's, it's just it's so hard to follow. Yeah, I had, I had like Starship Trooper vibes to this too. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like, like a little troopers. bit. You know what I mean? I, I, I didn't feel Planet, like Planet, big, big creatures and stuff like that. Yeah, but uh, Russell, what do you think of from, from Monster Hunter? I mean, this is probably the worst out of the four that we got. Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. I mean, sure. I, I mean, this. I mean, I. I mean, I'm sure we'll end up watching this, but it doesn't look very good. Um, Sag is Mila Jojovich is such a good. Actress is she though? She wants to be when she has she? Like a good script. I mean, I think she is. When's the, she's, but when she wants to be. When's the last time she had a good script? Let's talk about that. Um, she was in a perfect getaway. Remember that was pretty good. I don't. I, not, I do not remember. With, that uh, with Steven Zahn and um, who the hell else was in it? It's about a, a pair of couples. They get away. I can't. I, I don't remember the premise of it, but I remember she was pretty good in that. Um, yeah, what else? I mean, the first Resident Evil, like, as the Resident Evil's gone on, they got worse. But, I mean, like, she wasn't that bad in the first one. Unless I maybe need to revisit it. But It's just, Al's just such a, such a nothing character. Like, it's, you're an, yeah. act, you're an action figure at that point. You don't need to do anything. Just, 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 just kick ass and look, look hot doing it. That's it. That's all you need to do. That's all Alice is. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so yeah, Monster Hunter set for a release on December thirtieth, twenty twenty. Yeah, just keep just push that. Just push the shit back right now, or put it to streaming. Either one doesn't matter. Probably. Uh, next trailer we're talking about is for one actually actually quite actually think it's quite interesting. Uh, nine days. Uh, so nine days is about. I honestly don't know what. Uh, these people come to a house in the middle of the desert. Oh, so here we go. So a man interviews five un... Ooh. I don't know if I want to say what this is, because kind of a spoiler in case you don't want to know. But basically a guy interviewing people for some kind of some kind of arrangement that will last nine days. I don't want to give too much away, because the trailer is intentionally vague, so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to... Not, I'm not gonna, you know, give that away like that. But uh, has a cast of features: Winston Duke, Zazzy Beats, Bill Skarsgård, Benedict Wong, and Tony Hale. Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Nine Days? I think it looks fantastic. Um, it was one of those. I like these artsy films. Um, I just, I, I really like something that's it pushes the boundaries. It's something different that you haven't seen, and this really seems like it. It is kind of different. Um, I, I think of, you know. Almost like a tree of life vibe mixed with like seven pounds mixed with, you know, just different. I don't know. I just, it, it looks really good. I just, I, I can't really put my finger on it. 
it looks different, and I think that's what really drove me well, when it, I started watching the trailer. You know, the premise this feels very sci-fi, and it's something that I do. I, I credit a lot of indie directors who do stuff like this because, like, you know, in, yeah. with like an independent movie, if this is a sci-fi film, again, again, we still have no idea. But like, if this is an independent, an independent sci-fi film, like you, you, you have to be more creative because you don't have like as high a budget. So, and I do a lot of this movie that I saw called the the one that I love. You ever heard of it? Okay. Uh, no. Uh, it stars uh, it stars Elizabeth Moss and the Duplass that acts. I think it's Mark Duplass. Yeah, Mark Duplass. Uh, and yeah, they play a couple who go on this retreat and kind of meet like the idealized version of the other person. It's 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 really good, and I would I recommend checking it out. Um, but yeah, so I do think that uh, I I do, I do think this looks like. Really good, and I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to watch it when it probably drops on streaming somewhere. Uh, yeah, because great. COVID. Yeah, <laughs> uh, currently set for January twenty second, twenty twenty on release, so we'll see. But man, it's probably going to go to streaming. Uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to that one. And the last one we're looking at is one for uh, one for a movie that's definitely going to streaming. It's a Netflix film called Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, this is the story. It's a. It's a you know it's. It's a look at a Southern family. That's basically uh, the best way I can put it. It's the based on the memoirs of uh, author J.D. Vance. Uh, it's based on this book. It's based on the book that he published. Uh, it's uh, stars Amy Adams and Glenn Close, and really no one else. Will. Okay. Oh, I should. <laughs> There's someone in this movie called Bo Hopkins. I read it really fast. But I said Bob Hoskins. I'm like Bob Hoskins, didn't he die? <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he die like five years ago? He's back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, it's basically like the like the exploration of like a modern mo- modern you know southern family. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Hillbilly Elegy? I think this movie looked really really good. I think this movie is going to get some uh, Oscar praise. Um, it just got that vibe to it, man. I think Amy Adams. I think Glenn Close is going to hit it out of the park. She just. Seems like, you know, because she's been nominated recently, you know, obviously for um, the wife. What was it? The good, the good wife. No, just just, just, the, just the wife. Just the wife. Oh, the wife. Yeah, I'm just, all these other films, like literally, always you know merge their titles. Anyway, um, the wife that she was nominated for, but she, you know, she was obviously like kind of favored, and it was like kind of like really shocking that she didn't win. But um, oh yeah, everyone was talking about how like her. how she was gonna win, but then yeah, Olivia Coleman just came in. Snatch that up. Yeah, I mean, but and she's been nominated what six or seven times, and uh, or six six times I think before that. She's been nominated and never won. So I think this may this may yeah I want to say like seven times, and I think that um uh you know this this might be it. Uh, And Amy Adams again, you know Amy Adams I think just does fantastic work all the time. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to pick a bad movie that she's in. I know you're going to pick on the Superman, but she's not the bad part of the Superman movies. Um, or the Man of Steel movies, I should say. The, um, the Superman. You're, yeah, you're saying I, the Superman, her bad movie. <laughs> Man of Steel's just fine. Oh, BVS and other films we'll talk about. I can, I can see your gripes, but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And this directed by Ron Howard of all people, which when last time we saw, when last time we saw him do something like this? I mean, I can't even I can't even think of a Ron Howard film that kind of like had echoed this type of uh, 
tone. Yeah, and, and Cause, I, I can't remember last time I saw, yeah. I saw do a movie like this. Uh, I mean, Rush is probably like the last like super grounded film. Yeah, and outside of that, though, I mean, like the the Da Vinci Code, like ugh, those ones were just bad. Yeah, but but outside uh-huh. of that, we're looking at what like Cinderella Man, maybe Frost Nixon, maybe maybe. Maybe I would say Frost Nixon would probably be the, the his be, like his best one I would say in the last fifteen fifteen years for sure or like that and, I, and like how you said Rush which I never actually watched all of Rush but I, I know it was it was like a um well, I mean critically acclaimed I mean, a lot of people loved it but uh, I think I think Frost Nixon for me probably one of his better ones in the last fifteen years oh for sure Frost Nixon I, yeah. I actually think pretty underrated now because no no one really oh absolutely no one really talks about that one anymore. It's such an underrated film. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully, we get a chance to talk about uh, to that. I'm sure we will. But um, yeah, definitely was one that I really was surprised at how much I fell in love with the film when I saw it. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, Hillbilly Elegy dropping for uh, Netflix on November 24th, 2020. Uh, be sure to look out for that. And that brings us to the end of our trailer talk segment, which we not, which eh, means we now move on to notorious news. First thing I want to talk about, like off the top, I want to talk about the NFL right now because it's a lot of crazy shit going on in the in the league. So yeah, so basically, there was a lot of doubt whether this season was even going to happen because you know COVID <laughs> and uh, probably not the condition which which might be playing a full contact sport. Uh, Especially this year, my team sucks. Yeah, I want to talk about the Niners real quick because you, didn't you have like one game where oh, you all like is, is Jimmy, Jimmy G still hurt? Right. Jimmy G was hurt. He came back and played oh, the first back? half of the game last week against uh, Miami, my wife's team. But yeah, you, but and, you um, had I remember yeah. you had one week where like Jimmy G went down. The second week, Bosa went down. Yep. Mostert went down. I think Kittle went down. Solomon Thomas went down. It was the second week. It was a second week uh, against the Jets. Um, the field, MetLife Stadium, the field in Jersey, uh, it, it's a complete shit. It's, it's a complete shithole. Um, I think Sa- uh, Saquon Barkley tore his ACL on it. Saquon Barkley's um, out for the season. McCaffrey is hurt for a few yeah. weeks. It's just a lot, it's just, a I, lot I of injuries. So many yeah. injuries. And it makes you wonder if the the conditioning or like the you know we always say the lack of you know care that a lot of like um, preseason games get, but you wonder if it's that lack of you know uh, uh, the game time the, the game elements that that lacking or that were causing these injuries. Maybe I don't know. I can't I can't confirm. It. Like actually, it it does help because it does help you like get used to you know the like back to back to the grind, which is why I think we're seeing so many injuries right now. But. Yeah, but I mean, these are hope high-profile players that are getting hurt. Like even Dak Prescott last weekend. Oh, Dak! You know, yeah, Dak it's, Prescott. It's crazy. Just, <laughs> the, the Cowboys season, which is already on crutches to begin with, just just yeah. is just cratered now because I think Dak's out for the season. Which is crazy because they had Andy Dalton as their backup, and they've already signed another backup quarterback. I don't. I mean, I don't know if if Dalton's. I don't really think Dalton's the answer. Obviously, moving forward, but um, has Dalton ever yeah, been the answer? Just, has Dalton yeah, ever been the answer? No, he's mediocre. I mean, he was on a mediocre team. I mean, it was you know that division though. That's that's going to be an under five hundred uh, division winner. Again. Oh, the, it'll the, be like a seven and nine, the, six and ten team. The, the NFC East is just they've always, they've always been not always, but in the last like couple, the better part of the last decade, they've been awful. They've been just awful. Because like when when yeah. saw like a really good team come out of the NFC, the NFC East, it's been a while. I mean, I I mean really because even the teams that beat the Patriots twice won't. Weren't like 
powerhouse juggernauts. You know what I mean? I think they just they they just they got hot at the right time at the back end of the season. Oh yeah, but I mean? both both years they, were they Manning juggernauts. And, both years were yeah. Manning shut down Brady. It was it was like an anomaly because like on paper that te- those teams never should have beat the Patriots, especially the undefeated team in 07. That, that team never had no business losing that 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 uh, that Super Bowl. Well, but, that's what happens when the Belichick's after recording the sidelines. <laughs> that's what happens when you get that lucky catch on the helmet. I don't know how the hell that thing never moved. That's crazy, but I, yeah, uh, also, yeah. Also, <laughs> also, can we just talk about how how Adam G has not been fired yet? He still has a job. I'm recording this. He still has a job. Yeah, how, how haven't they got rid of Adam Gase yet? Like, like why the, the team is why shit. Is he still there? <laughs> why were you even hiring a coach that produced shit in Miami? Like the same, and like you stay in division to literally go. 0 and five right now. You're really probably favored to the number one overall pick coming up next draft. Um, probably because I, I also I I don't know why anyone's a Jets fan right now. But honestly, I really do not know why people are fans of the Jets. They, I mean, it's it's the uh, New York Mets of of, of football, man. I, I think yeah. it's the like the New York Mets that obviously the underrated of the New York teams because you really have the Giants and I think the Yankees are the two beloved. Uh, Football and baseball teams, respectively. I mean, it's. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the, the NFL season. This is. It's an interesting season so far because we've had games delayed because of COVID. We have bye weeks switched, like my like my Pittsburgh, which they are. Steelers are doing great. I love what I'm seeing from Pittsburgh, but because the Titans had a COVID outbreak, the game got delayed, and then I had to play six like 13 straight weeks of football. More after that, yeah. If they make the playoffs, which yeah, it looks like they will. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, that's that's super tough. I mean, again, but you don't factor in that type of stuff, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't factor in with COVID. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I mean, that's the thing. They didn't they didn't factor that in for like bye weeks. You know, because you you like even like the unprecedented like Thursday night football canceling, and then you have Tuesday night football. This past week, yeah, for the, like for, so. only, for only like the second time since the seventies. Yeah, I I do wonder. And the matchups are garbage, though, man. Yeah, well, some of, some of these ones are really one sided. Like the fu- the fucking the, the Titans Bills game the other night. Like if if you showed that game to to somebody, said one of these teams, one of these teams hadn't practiced for two weeks, the other one had. You would never guess the Titans were the ones that didn't practice for two weeks because they just came in and just smacked the Bills across the face. Like that—that that was ugly. The perfect metaphor for that is, uh, it was. Yeah, it was, that was definitely ugly. That was definitely. That was definitely ugly for sure. Um, and it makes you think that the Bills are like the Bills as at, you know what I mean—the Bills that you think that are actually human now. You know, obviously that undefeated start, you're like, yeah, this is. This is bizarro world. I mean, Browns are four and one, <laughs> or you know what I mean. It's it's, it's crazy, but uh, yeah, they they wreck shop uh, kind of see that. I, I think I think the perfect metaphor for that is remember the part of the game where just like, <laughs> where Henry Stiffarm Josh Norman. Jesus, dude, and, uh, I I, I, like, I I knew Derrick Henry had an arm. I did not expect him to just like pick up Josh Norman, just like throw him like tr- like a bag of garbage. Literally, it was like a sixty-pound defender that was on him. I've never seen like and like Derrick Henry didn't even move. Like he literally took his he took his arm and literally like just pressed them and like he just went like a like a rag doll, just 
crazy. That was hilarious. It's funny considering it's Josh Norman because he's talked a lot of shit in his career. <laughs> like, I, it, that, that's, uh, yeah, he, that's he the, absolutely was. That's the cornerback that Odell Beckham Jr. hates. Yeah, I mean, again, that was what when he was in Washington and uh, Odell was in New York. But well, not I mean, not just when they like was in New uh, York, but also when he was like in Carolina. He started a lot of shit with a lot of receivers. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's been like really quiet. I mean, obviously, especially that play right there. I mean, after, really quiet, see, after seeing that, you kind of after seeing that, you kind of you have you have no platform to talk on. Like, no, absolutely not. Yeah, but I mean, NFL season. I I do wonder if they should have made the season less games, because like like my like, like my yeah. school like we're, we're Pac-12. They're starting the football season again, but they're starting it in like late in like early November, and they're only doing like seven or eight games. Same thing. Same thing with my Big Ten with Michigan. They're playing October twenty fourth. They're only playing eight conference games. So, yeah, same thing with Big Ten. So I do wonder if maybe they should have considered yeah. like cutting the amount of games. I would have just called it and cut a loss. Like uh, that's just me. How do you update the twenty the top twenty five rankings? Do you know what I mean? Like anybody who's a fan of college football, obviously. Oh you know, no, no not 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 uh, uh, I mean, not, not like college. Yeah, I think they just 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 they just should have stayed out. Honestly, Pac twelve and Big Ten, you committed. You just should have had the season. You just just had the season out. What I'm talking about but is to me, it's good. And even oh, was that good? No, no, no you good. No, I'm saying to me, it's like look at the top twenty five. You see teams like North Carolina, Florida in the top five. I'm like, really. Like it's like crazy. Like you start seeing like they're trying to get anybody in the top twenty-five. Hell, I think Pitt was ranked in the bottom of the top twenty-five. You know what I mean? Well, like when's the last time we saw Florida? In to- when's the last time we saw Florida top ten? Was it the Tebow days? Yeah, seriously, and and they are not. I, I don't think they're a really good football team. They, yeah. they end up losing. I think one of their games. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they lost. I think you're right. I know Oklahoma lost. LSU lost two games. They're out of the top twenty-five for the first time in like several years. That's crazy. I mean, it's uh, it's it's weird. And then you have uh, Alabama. Uh, Nick Saban tested positive for COVID. I heard. So you're gonna have that now. So it's like I don't know how that. I mean, I don't know how Alabama. You know, I, I don't know if he's. Gonna, he, I imagine he won't be coaching for the next several weeks. So how does that really change the Crimson Tide's, uh, you know, uh, path for a championship? You know, it, it's honestly. They might as well just give it to Clemson. I don't see anybody. I think Clemson steamrolls through that division. I think the ACC is completely trash. Um, Notre Dame, like that's the only reason why Notre Dame's undefeated. They haven't played anybody yet. Clemson's going to crush Notre Dame, um, and it's going to look like uh, the year that Notre Dame went to the national title and got embarrassed by Alabama. I think it's going to be one of those things. I that, think Clemson. That year still hurts. By uh, the Clemson's way, Clemson's just a. I think Clemson's just a uh, you know just a, uh, a notch above the rest. I, I don't think. You know, and then that's the other thing. How do you factor in an Ohio State team, a Michigan team, a Penn State team, a Wisconsin or Iowa teams that were, you know, perennial twenty top twenty five teams? How do you put them in? How do you put a one and O team into a team that's five or six and O or seven and O at the time? You know what I mean? Like I don't understand how they're gonna do the top twenty five. Yeah, it should just should just set out. But this is this is an interesting year for sports, but one thing that's not interesting is the is the NBA. In the biggest no shit conclusion of all time. Uh, the Lakers won the NBA Finals, which yeah, which wasn't a shock. I mean, yeah, it was a thing where just like as soon as they beat the Clippers, it's just like yeah, they're going all the way because no fucking like Miami's not Miami. Twenty twenty Miami is not going to beat the Clippers. Not the Clippers. Twenty twenty Miami is not going to beat the Lakers. No. Like with with all the superstars, no. with all the superstars the Lakers have this year between fucking 
between uh, LeBron, Davis, uh, Kuzma, all all these like, every everyone you have on your roster, J.R. Smith, everyone you have on your roster. If you lose to the Heat, year like someone needs to be fired. Someone needs to be fired. Just can the organization. Like it should not. It should not happen. That should not happen. No, and I mean the East was just absolute shits. I mean, like the only team that I thought would have given them a a, a good matchup, I was hoping Boston would Boston. go in. I was thinking the Celtics um, too, yeah. You know that, and, and that's the that's the series just because obviously the history between the Celtics and the Lakers. But I thought East wise, like a complete team bench starting, you know, starting five and everything like that, scores and just everything in general. I thought Boston matched up perfectly. I think with LA, I think it would have been an interesting matchup. Um, but the, the East is awful. It'll be fun. It'll be fun more. I think when obviously we get a, a, actually a full season and on top of it, we get to see, uh, KD and, um, you know, uh, fucking Ir- uh, okay, Irving together in Brooklyn. I think that'll be fun. Um, but we'll see what happens uh, again. It's, I, I don't follow, you know, basketball to the T. Um, I just know, obviously, you know, the, you know, the perennial powerhouses, obviously you have your Houston that can never win a game. They're like the Buffalo bills. Of, of basketball, hey, they, um, they they had a great stretch their, for like a couple yeah. of years. And, dude, and and think about this one. This is the, this is the most head scratching statistic, and I, or not even statistic, but just like know that this could have been one of the best teams to never win a championship. The Oklahoma City Thunder, when they had Durant, when they had Westbrook. I mean, they never did win the title. Did you they? know all? Those, oh, when they Ibaka, yeah, Ibaka was, Harden, and Harden. Yeah, I, think yeah, about that. Yeah, how the fuck did that, that team, team never, never won? That that could be. <laughs> how the fuck did that I team mean, never win a title? Were, they, because again, I think it's almost like the, um, I'll call it the San Diego Chargers or Indianapolis Colts kind of effect. They played during a dynasty, you know. The, you know, obviously, I mean, New, New England in football, and then the dynasty in the West was San Antonio. I mean, oh yeah, that was yeah. You know, at the time, was the, was the team. Look at the time. It's it's hard to top fucking. And I'm as, as a Spurs fan, I can say this. It's hard to top Duncan Parker, Ginobili when they were all like, because they were all like they were older, yeah, but they were all like in there. They were still like well, they were older, but they were still doing really well. Duncan, I mean, yeah, uh, they were for sure. But yeah, so that's our that's the end of our sports talk. But we now move on to some other things. <laughs> We, we, we had we to. We can hit you with anything, man. We can hit you with the sports talk. Oh, yeah. No, we, 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 it's, it's our show. We, we can do whatever the hell we want. <laughs> um, <laughs> so much to talk about today. First of which is, this is a bit of a, this is a, this is a sad news for me because I was looking forward to this movie. I was looking forward to this more before this happened. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, he is out of the David O. Russell film we, were, we talked about. It was going to be him, Christian Bale, Margot Robbie. He is out. And John David Washington is in, so it, it's got to be schedule conflicts because I don't huh. know why you would drop this project unless the script's like really bad, which I don't think it is. Uh, but yeah. still, a Russell name that carries a lot of weight in Hollywood. So, but look, we still got Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, and now John David Washington. So, I mean, I'm I'm still looking forward to, just not as much as I was before. But what, what about you, Russell? I mean, same thing. I mean, I think it's going to be a fine film, either or. I know you're obviously a big proponent, of Michael B. Jordan. I mean, I, I think either or. I think you know uh, John David Washington has really shown that he's a, he's a, a solid actor. I, I would give Michael B. Jordan the edge. Obviously, he's an overall better actor because I think he's just his breadth of work. He's really shown you that he can do kind of everything. 
Um, but that's not to say, like, again, like, I think this, I think it's going to be a solid film. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Anytime you, you have a director, you know, uh, like we talked last, last week, I think about Fincher's new film. And like any, anytime that you have like a, a good filmmaker, a solid filmmaker bringing out new work, you're always curious about it. But I think, you know, attaching those names to it's not a, not a, not a set, not a, yeah, you know, shabby site. So I'm looking forward to it though. Uh yeah so I'm yeah I'm still looking forward to it, just not as much as before something I am looking forward to is this <laughs> this is a crazy okay here's here's what this is so Dave Patel has just signed on to, to do this this Chippendales murder mystery from I Tanya director Craig Gillespie so what this is uh, it's about Chippendales owner Ben Ben eh, Ben Ergy's it's his rise and fall and pursue the American dream. Uh, and from founding the multi-million dollar Chippendales franchise to being charged with conspiracy to kill three of his business associates. Uh, he, this is sorry, I didn't know. I'm finding all this out right now. He hired, he, he hired Hitman to take out Chippendales competitors, but also orchestrated the murder of the company's own dance choreographer. Uh, yeah, this is a crazy ass story, Ed. I honestly, I do understand why Craig Gillespie is do, Craig Gillespie is doing this because, I mean, look at I, this is basically I Tanya with male strippers, like someone it's exactly, who it's exactly I Tanya with male strippers. Someone who is doing it's Magic Mike meets I Tanya. Yeah, it's someone who's literally doing anything and everything they can to get to the top, including breaking some heads. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to. It. I, I do think that Patel, it, it's re- his career is really interesting because. I mean, yeah, he was still a millionaire, and then we got like all the acclaim, won a ton of Oscars, but no one was really talking about him. It wasn't until he came back with like Lion, he'll be like, "Oh no, this dude's actually like a really talented actor." They started booking like tons more jobs. Well, don't forget, good. Well, don't don't forget the underrated film that I wanted you to watch, Hotel Mumbai. Hotel Mumbai, yeah, that. I still I still have not watched it, but <laughs> I am aware that he's uh, allegedly good in the movie. He's, I mean, he's good in it. He's, he's not in it like a whole lot, but I mean, he's good in it. It's, it's, you need to watch it. That's one of the ones. It's the Chappaquiddick, man. I'm telling you. And I did like Chappaquiddick, so I, I, I so you're one for one. So I, I, I will have to check this out at some point. But no, nice. yeah, uh, this is definitely something I'm looking forward to. Russell, what about you? Absolutely. Uh, the premise alone sounds fucking absolutely absurd. Um, yeah, you, you have my attention, so absolutely. Uh, we also got some news on some historical epics that are happening. Uh, one that will be about Cleopatra, that will be directed by Patty Jenkins and uh, star Gal Gadot. Uh, facing some critic, who's facing some criticism for this role. I don't know why. I mean, it's not. I mean, sure, yeah. she's not Egyptian, but she's Israeli. That's that's about as close as Egypt as you can get. <laughs> it's, it's closer than Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, she's way closer than Elizabeth Taylor when she when she did the movie. So I mean. Seriously, so... Uh, and uh, for the first time in 20 years, Ridley Scott and Joaquin Phoenix are re-teaming for a film about Napoleon. So, Russell, you got Cleopatra starring Gal Gadot by Patty Jenkins, and then you got Ridley Scott's Napoleon. Which one are you seeing opening day? Ridley Scott. I, I think it's a no-brainer. Obviously, Joaquin, fresh off his Oscar win, um, uh, you know, we both love Ridley Scott. Um, as, as much of a hit and miss director he is, I think he's 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 surprised us lately. Um, you know all that you know all the money in the world with the reshoots. I really enjoyed that film a lot. 
Um, and I, and I just think that I, I think it, I, I'm more confident, I think with, with that one. So to me, it's just, just, uh, with the sheer fact of him being, um, you know, hot off that, the Oscar win, I think to me, I think the Ridley Scott one's a no brainer, but I mean, Jenkins and though, I mean, it's like, it's like wonder woman. It's like wonder woman, like in the early, early days of like Cleopatra, it's like almost the same shit. Like if she goes back in time, you know what I mean? I, it's also I it's also just, I mean, comparing the director and leads yeah. or just it's 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 just not even a competition because no, I mean, look, I know Patty Jenkins' filmography is not as nowhere near as he just as Scott's, but oh yeah, I mean oh, yeah, and I mean, she's, both her movies are yeah. good. Both movies are good, but I mean well, yeah, when Scott has knocked it out of the park a, a, a ton of times. Yeah, I mean when he's on, he's he's on. When like, he when he, he is shows on, you like such a great when he, director. When yeah. he sh- when he shows up, he shows out. And uh, I mean, when he par- doesn't, there's Prometheus. When he yeah, when he doesn't, we get Prometheus in Forty Nine Two Conquest of Paradise. Uh, but it's also comparing yeah. comparing the leads. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is like is a substantially better performer than Gal Gadot has ever been. Just look at the master. If you don't like, think of what like don't think of the you know the you know Joker winning you know, an Oscar and stuff like that. Look at this performance in the master, how like great that was. You really want to see like character analysis, like his character in that film, like watch that movie. Oh yeah. Really fantastic job that he does there. It's, it's, I mean, and you know, it just, it, it shows you what a caliber actor he really, really, really can be. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the master, he's, he's fantastic in. Yeah. That's probably his best performance, right? Yeah, I would say that. Honestly, I, to me, I think it's better than the Jokers. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's absolutely. just me. Because he's completely, I mean, he is, and I mean, he acts, again, that's just, uh, that's a fucking shame with Philip Seymour Hoffman because he's so great in that movie too. Um, it's, I would say that, I, I think Walk the Line, I really enjoy a lot. He's great in um, her. He's great in her. Oh, he's great and fantastic in her. His his work is good when it's good, you know. It's it's good when it's good. What about the other one where he's um, uh, uh never. What the hell's the one where he's you, were, you were never uh, really uh, here. gets revenge? You were never really here. Yeah, another another fantastic film. Like his his work he's been putting in, I, I think, have been really really good. Uh, he was even good in We Own the Night. I know that was more of a you know, uh, wider, you know, wider uh, release film, but I thought that was really good too. So he's really shown up that he's, you know, obviously can, can handle it. And I just love his breadth of work that he does. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next thing we want to talk about is, uh, the TV story, which I'm very curious if Russell has any thoughts on this. Uh, it was announced. It was broke. News broke yesterday that Dexter is coming back for a 10 episode limited series run. Uh, Michael C. Hall, of course, going back to play the titular character, but also uh, the the showrunner, who's now I'm blanking on, but he ran the first four seasons, then he left. Is coming back to do this last season. Now, Russell, you ever watched Dexter? You ready for this one? You haven't. I have not. Okay. I have not seen an episode of Dexter. I have so, not watched that. But again, I, I do know that you know it's completely like it has that cult following. It's really loved. And I think a lot of people were disappointed about the, about the finale, weren't they? Okay, so let, let, let me explain this to you. Uh, okay. So you had the first four seasons. They were all great. John Lithgow is in the fourth one, and he's, yeah. he's incredible. Like I, those, four, four, those first four seasons are fantastic. But then, like I said, the, show, the, showrunner, the, the showrunner of the first four left, 
And then they brought in this new guy, Scott Buck, who did Iron Fist and that shitty Inhuman show on ABC. Uh, and the show just... Te- the, the dip in quality is noticeable immediately. Because the, the three seasons after that are just awful. Like, they are... They are they're horrible. Uh, and the finale is it's one of the most hated in television because it it and it I can't I can't spoil I can't tell you what it is without like full spoiling the show. But the ending okay. of the show is just it's awful. Everyone everyone hates it. Nobody is happy with the way Dexter ended. Uh, it's almost like a Game of Thrones type of reaction. It is like a Game of Thrones, although but you know we had to deal with shitty television for three years as opposed to just one. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but man, I was so pissed when I got to the end of Dexter, man. Because like literally, because I mean, look, primetime television is usually it's usually pretty consistent. So, but when you have just like three seasons, just absolute crap, you're just like, oh my god, like why, why did and end it already? Why did we, why why did we do any of this? Uh, so <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, do you know the base premise of Dexter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, okay. Uh, so was, isn't he like a like a serial killer, killer, mass murder, or whatever he kills? Exactly. But yeah. So the, yeah. the the thing I'm curious about is um, because the thing is the, the way Dexter ends, it's it's really hard to go from there for any writer. Not so really. oh, I do wonder if they'd like pull a Roseanne and just ignore the season people hate because you mean Roseanne, uh, Roseanne the last season is just. It's awful. The, the final season, of Roseanne, where they win the lottery, and they you could pull a Friday, pull a Friday the Thirteenth, and have lightning strike them. I don't know. Or, pull, or pull a <laughs> pull a pull a Dallas and just have have it start Michael C. Hall coming out of the shower, being like, "Wow, what a weird dream." It's like, what? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I would be curious to see if they just ignore. I, I don't think anyone would hate it if they just ignored the fourth season. Yeah, I mean, then what do you what do you say then? Like it's not in like it's not canon or what? Like, yeah, just, I, just, I pick, just pick up after where four where, where four leaves off, and then just go just go okay. from there, and we will not hate you for it. I don't even remember the Sopranos. I remember watching that series and, and hating the ending of that too. A lot of people hate the ending of Sopranos, and I get why. I mean, I I love the way yeah. Sopranos ends, but um, yeah, it, it's definitely like a fifty fifty kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, De- we're getting more Dexter, so hopefully they can bring this one to a good end. I see a lot of people who are excited about it, a lot of people who are really apprehensive. I understand both sides of that, but I'm I'm just definitely very curious. Something you will have more opinion on is uh, we got to talk about the state of uh, real movie releases because a massive, massive piece of news dropped. Two actually came out that actually go well one conjunction with each other. Uh, so first thing that was announced was. Uh, it was announced that Disney Disney has opened a new. Well, this is from Bob Chappick, C, CEO of Disney. They opened a new division to kind of oversee their. They're making streaming number a priority, and that in response to that, they opened a new division, distribution. Now they have three divisions of entertainment. Uh, it's movies, it's entertainment, general entertainment, and then sports, which they have a very. So it's kind of like you know, think of movies, think Disney, Century Fox. Uh, general entertainment, that's like your TV, your Hulu, your Disney Plus, your streaming, all that, all that stuff. And then you know you have sports, uh, ESPN, which they have a very, very big interest in. Uh, they opened a brand new division to over kind of, you know, be liaison between the two of them. Uh, that's distribution. So what that what that is, is, this will determine, it'll determine what goes where. So it'll be like, oh, I don't think the movie's gonna make money back. 
You're going Disney Plus. Or I don't know where this show. I don't know if the show is appropriate for Disney Plus. You're going to Hulu. I don't know if this movie is going. It basically like that. So it basically it basically kind of showing that. I mean, Bob Iger had his head in streaming for a while before he kind of took a back seat. He's, granted, Iger is still Chadwick's boss. He still hasn't like left yet, but you know what I'm saying. So. I do wonder how it's going to affect the future of movies because it was also came off. Story came off the back. It's really weird. AMC is running out of money. <laughs> like they are projected to run out of money by the end of the year, beginning of next year. So my stomach hurts about all this. Mine does too. Uh, so I mean, Russell, you, you hear all this. I mean, what kind of properties do you think would go to Disney Plus? I mean, because here's the thing: this distribution distribution branch could totally look at a movie like Ant Man. Which has always been like on the lower grossing end of the Marvel films. Yeah. Say, you know what? You're going to plus. You're going to be a plus exclusive. Like we live yeah. in a world where that where that could happen. So, I mean, what what, what, do, you, what do you make out of all this? I mean, I, I think obviously at the times that we're in right now, everything's getting you know consistently pushed back. I think obviously. Um, no Time to Die was the one that obviously broke the, the camel's back, so to speak. That's that's where Regal threw in the town. They were like, you know what, we're just going to go ahead and hold off. Though I do think it's a good idea to open the theaters up just in the fact of the nostalgic reasons of going to see older films. I think getting a new generation involved in the love of cinema and love of different films I think is a good thing. Um, yeah, I get it that it's not, it's not suffice to them to leave these theaters open when you're only going to have – like I, I think the last one I went and saw was Beetlejuice – over at uh, the uh, Cinemark Tinseltown. And um, I think there was like four people, five people in there. You can't consistently run a theater and have only five, six people showing. It just doesn't make you money. You know what I mean? Um, so I see what Disney's doing. Um, they're, they're just erring on the side of caution. Um, if we can, you know, find, get this shit straightened out for once and like let's, let's, let's be smarter about things and, and not – you know, I think and I blame a lot of the people because I see at, at the airport, I see a lot of these stupid people flying out recreationally that don't need to be flying out. Like people have never been out of the house before. We're only just we're only just transporting. We're only spreading COVID around, you know, uh, you know, nationally. So it's kind of like to me, it's, it's head scratching. But anyway, to tie this into obviously, you know, the uh, what Disney would do. I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I, I, like to me, I, like this. I hope this doesn't end the movie-going experience in theaters, um, because you know, obviously, you and I are very passionate about that. Um, I just, I can't see how you. I don't know. VOD doesn't get me excited to want to watch a movie. Do you know what I mean? It's not that getting in the car, thinking about sitting in this giant theater with this big screen and taking in a movie for an hour and a half, hour and forty-five minutes, two hours, whatever. And just you know, just just the 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 surround sound, the audience reactions, everything like that you you just grow accustomed to over the years of seeing movies. You know what I mean? Gone. I couldn't imagine that. I couldn't imagine a movie experience where I would never get that again. You know? Yeah, I, it's it's scary. I, I hope I hope we can get out of this. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I I agree, man. And also, we also run the risk of not yeah. getting like similar similar movies. Like, okay, like flashback. Say this happens. Say this happened to us, like, I don't know, circa four or five years ago. Uh, we had okay. Marvel had their plan, like, outed. They were ready to go. And, you know, it's like, hey, say this happened. Say this happens before Avengers Infinity War and Endgame got made. 
like the combined budget of those movies, I think, is around like five hundred million dollars. Could you Which, imagine that? First off, like, would they have even? It just depends on when they were filming these films in the time of which, like when yeah, this, that's you know, that's my disease question. or whatever happens. That, that, yeah, that's that's my question. Like, like do you, like we were like never seeing like something like that wildly ambitious again because you think about it. I mean, sure they dropped. Yeah, like, it's going to trim the budget down. Yeah, yeah, sure they dropped like all, maybe maybe three hundred million dollars on those movies, but both of them made like two billion. Like one made two billion dollars, the other made like three. So they're fine. They can take those risks. That's not even merchandise, Chance. That's not even merchandise. That's, yeah, it's not, that's not merchandise. That's, that's not toys. No. That's not home sales. No. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, it's... The number's completely staggering when you think of it like that. Um, and, you're going to get more companies, I think, like Blumhouse putting out stuff. And I think yeah. doing bank. Shit. Doing bank. Blum was ahead of the curve on this shit. <laughs> you they w- were, because if, if you spend little, but you're a well-known enough company... People will go see what you bring out, even if you put out shit like Fantasy Island, and we'll still make money off of it. So, like, well, yeah, you'll get your Happy Death Day, you'll get your like, you know, Diamond and Rough here and there. I mean, but uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna slash. You're never gonna see a big giant blockbuster if that's the case. Like, if if this if this continues this way, then theaters and theaters die. Then we're never gonna. Like, it's crazy. I think all the things we'll never see because. Because of COVID, the day of a block summer blockbuster will be gone. That's 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 like I couldn't even imagine. It's Can't hor- even imagine it. It's horrifying to me, man. It's really horrifying. It's also because of the back of fact that yeah, I was going. You the, could already say this year. Oh yeah, like we, we, we like, haven't had a major. It's the first year without a summer blockbuster. Yeah, no, we haven't had a major release since I mean Tenet, sure, but like a major like full scale release since what onward? Onward, and I think like right right around when um way back the uh. uh yeah, the way back or yeah, the way back came out. Yeah, because yeah. that, that was right around March, and I think what you're yeah, you still said your highest gross is what Bad Boys Three. I think it got passed by like a Chinese movie, but which yeah, which is crazy. It made a fucking shit ton of money. I never heard of it. Yeah, but it's the same here. But yeah, it's also going to the back yeah. of the fact that Disney has lost an estimated four point seven billion dollars revenue this year. Granted, the bulk of that is parks. Yeah. The bulk of that is parks. But, yeah, I mean, again, when when things are up, but chance, think of it when 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 there is you know vaccination and things are back to normal, hopefully within a near future. That that loss right there is temporarily to what they're going to get back because everybody's going to want to go be involved in these things, want to go out into the parks and stuff like that. You're going to have a waiting list to get into Disney. It'll be booked up for year. Oh, absolutely, for years maybe. Absolutely. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> man, it's it. it Crazy times we're living in. Uh, it is, man. It's next piece yeah. of news I want to talk about. This is a rumor that I think got it got debunked pretty quickly, but I do want to talk about see talk about see like get our gauge for this. Uh, and I think we kind of talked about this. I, I could have sworn we talked about this at some point. Uh, but it was reported earlier today that uh, both Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were confirmed for, for Spider Man. Oh yeah, Spider Man. Uh, home home is away. Whatever the fuck it's called, uh, that got debunked. But I do want to say, like, would you want to, would you want to see them come back? Because I'll be honest, like, I'm not really that interested in seeing these two, these two return. Okay, actually, guess this: Andrew, I would like to see return because I do think he was good in the role. I think he got ha- hammered by some bad scripts, and I just think I think he was just like unfortunate casualty of circumstance. Uh, Maguire, I'm cool. Like, if if he just 
didn't want to. If he just like never came back to Spider Man, I'd be fine with it. Uh, but I don't know, Russell. Would you be interested in seeing these two reprise their roles in a Spider Man movie? I think I talked about it before. I mean, uh, yeah, but it's like I don't know to what extent. You know, what I mean, that's I think that's a big thing. Like, why? I don't know. Why now? You know, why? Why are we doing this all of a sudden? Why now? now? Why? So to me, it's like just why? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like, yeah, I, I guess. I, I'd want to see it just because of curiosity factor, but to me, it's like, eh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I agree with that. Uh, next thing we're talking about, this this is this is easily the dumbest star we're talking about today. Uh, so it broke the Paramount sold, uh, it sold Coming to America, the, sec- the sequel, to Amazon. It'll drop on Amazon in December. Here's why this is stupid. Uh, number one... It seems like Murphy has a good work relationship with Netflix. So why they're not trying to pony up the cash to get this on their platform? Because think about it. They had Dolomite, which was, which was a smash for them. Uh, they're doing his, his next couple Santa specials uh, in the near future. And then you got, like, you have, like, a movie that would guarantee views and you just let it go on to Amazon? Like, that, that's... Drop ball on your part. Second of all, <laughs> why this is dumb is Russell, guess who has a streaming platform dropping literally at the beginning of next year? Well, who would that be? Paramount. Yeah, Paramount Plus oh. is set to drop in Jeez. January of 2021. So you'd think it'd be smart to hold on to a title like this. It's being like, hey, uh, he would think. you sign up at launch, you'll get to see Coming to America too. I just I can't I can't wrap my head around any of this. So Russell, what what, what do you think? Because I think this is dumb. Yeah, kind of what you said. I I think it's stupid. To me, it's like you have this this you know property that I think would do good. And I just I yeah I'm I'm like you. I'm right up with you. I just think it's a stupid idea. I mean, it's a it's a great grab for Amazon. It's a great grab for Amazon. Oh, it's steel. It's a steal for Amazon. Um, yeah, it's just it's just it's really it's it's one of those head scratching moments that you're like really. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make this, this move makes literally like no sense to me. And yeah, to say like whoever was the liaison for this deal, you need uh, look out because you, your job might be on the line now. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, next story we're talking about is a confirmed version of something we talked about a couple weeks ago. I don't know when, uh, but George Miller's Furiosa has been officially greenlit. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy will star as the titular character of uh, Pierre Furiosa, who was played by Charlize Theron in uh, Memphis Fury Road. But it was also announced that she will be joined by both Chris Hemsworth and Yahya Abdul Mateen II. So this is it, it's, it, this is crazy for a lot of things. First of all, I mean, we kind of knew that the Furiosa movie was happening. Uh, yeah. I'm not surprised. The surprise is the, is her cast members, both uh, Chris and Yaya joining. Uh, I mean, this definitely amps up my excitement for it. I mean, I love Fury Row, and I've always I've always wanted to see more of that character. I want to see more of that world. Uh, I'm glad yeah. I'm glad Miller's getting a chance to make it. Uh, Russell, what do you think? Same, yeah, same thing. It's like one of those like you know you have this you're transfixing this whole entire different world that you could only imagine seeing on the screen. And, uh, you know, characters that you, you want to see. So, I mean, yeah, it's a no-brainer. It makes sense. And putting a couple, you know, stars like that in the mix only adds to the uh, to the to the it factor, you know, the, the wanting to go see it. So, 
not not a surprise. And like I said, it's one of those things where it only ups your wanting of going to see this film. Like this, this, it also surprised me. Like seeing Hamilton is like, God, like God, how many franchises do you need? How many franchises do, are you going to, to try at? Because. I mean, sure, he's had like great sets of Marvel, but here's uh, here's other franchises that Hamlet have been attached attached to, to less success. You got Star Trek, Snow White. Uh, who else we got? We yeah. got the Vacation franchise, Ghostbusters, Men in Black, Men in Black, <laughs> Extraction, yeah. which is getting a sequel. But the the, the dude is he's really trying to kind of like diversify his, his portfolio of franchises. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously he's going to be forever known as Thor. So I mean, I think that I think that's that's the opportunity there. And kind of, kind of like a Robert Downey Jr. thing. That's kind of going to be, well, I would say Robert Downey Jr. also has Sherlock Holmes, but still, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think for him, he's just, he might as well just stay where, you know, with what he, you know, I guess what he's good at, I should say, or what, what actually sells. I mean, just be Thor. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see if this works. I mean, you know? look, if, if you want like a great, a great combination, like a maybe cannot possibly fail combination, this is a pretty good bet because George Miller, just what he did, what he was able to do with what he was able to do with Fury Road in his goddamn 70s. Like, I think that hopefully he can echo this and give us another kick ass action film. I'm definitely excited just to see what he puts out. Uh, last story we're talking about today. Uh, you know, Russell, we saw the, the cast for Dune. We thought, oh, man, this is maybe. The great. This is maybe the greatest cast ever assembled for a movie, uh, or at least, at least like in the modern era, right? Because it's so many great actors, so much quality uh, in your casting. But someone just tagged in and said, "You know what? Nah, fuck you." Uh, bec- uh, and that person is Adam McKay. Uh, he is just lined up his cast for oh, his next yeah. his next film, "Don't Look Up," which is about two low level oh, yeah. astronomers. Who must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind about an approaching asteroid that will destroy Earth? Which sound which sounds funny. I do like the premise of that a lot. But Russell, oh for sure. What sells me on that is this cast. Let me let me hit you with this. We got Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Timothy Chalamet, Kate Blanchett, Jonah Hill, Meryl Streep, Matthew Perry, Hamish Patel, Rob Morgan, Kid Cudi, Ariana Grande. The fact that you're able to get that much talent in a movie, minus the last five, obviously, minus the last five, and I'm just not, I'm not saying that as an acting wise. I mean, it's just, it's, it's talent, you know, nonetheless. Okay, yeah, m- minus. Well, you look at how many minus, Oscar nominations. Minus Kid Cudi and Ariana Grande, but this. Yeah, but look at the look, look at the amount of Oscar nominations just sitting there. Oh my God! Yeah, you have uh, one, two, three, four Oscar winners, two nominees. Uh, an Emmy, yeah. uh, two two guys who are Emmy nominees, uh, just fucking and Meryl Streep and, and Meryl Streep thirty Oscar nominations, <laughs> fucking fucking incredible. So yeah, I mean you hear this cast, you hear the premise. Like, yeah. are you are you excited for this film? Because I I definitely am now. Absolutely, sign sign me up for sure. Yeah, I mean sure, I wasn't anytime big... you get that type of cast, uh, that cast ensemble cast like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean sure, I wasn't the biggest fan of Vice, but I'm definitely gonna check this out. <laughs> See, I liked Vice. A lot of people really didn't like that film. You know what? It, it, it's I, weird. I just, it's weird because I wasn't I wasn't big on it when I saw it. But I had like the the weirdest urge to like watch it again. I don't know why. I you know what? It's I've been thinking about that too because I've been seeing it on uh, Blu-ray at Walmart for like cheap. I think I want to buy it or uh, maybe I get on Amazon. 
I mean, rewatching. I, I have. Uh, I definitely want to revisit that. I have it on digital, and because my my brother, my brother really liked the movie because he's really into politics. So he got he gave me the, yeah. the digital copy for it. I always like those political films. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, maybe, maybe, I maybe like those maybe, political movies. Maybe it just wasn't like in the right mood when I saw it. So I, I I'll, I'll, I'll give it another shot at some point. I know Quell, I know Queller is really big in big in that movie. Yeah, I I'm on board though. I, I like like I said, I, I like McKay. I like his whole, you know, what he's going for. You know, what I mean, the whole like Vice was something like different. Obviously, what he did to Big Short too. Um. I don't know. I just it's it's. I mean that cast, man. Jeez, like it's that's gonna be fantastic to see those guys on. Oh god, acting yeah. in front of each other. Oh god, I, I I cannot wait to see it. So that's gonna do it for our news segment. We now move on to the review of the week. Jennifer's body. Uh, so like I said earlier, Jennifer's body yeah. came out in two thousand nine. It was the, it was the second of uh, Megan Fox train wrecks to come out in two thousand nine. The other being Transformers: Ren to the Fallen. But at least that one made money. This one might have made money. I'm not sure. I can this tell is you. true. Uh, but yeah, uh, came out, got pretty mixed reception. Like, a lot of people didn't really you know, love that film. But a weird thing's happened over the last year, and you point, you point. I mean, I, I noticed it too. It's gotten like a really like, it's got a lot of traction, a lot of traction. And that's, and that's the thing. It was like I was reading about it, and I just I'd heard about it, and I remember watching, it and I'm like. You know what? I think I want. I think it's time to revisit this film. And shit, I'm like, I'm really glad we did. We're obviously going to get annoyed and talk about it, but yeah, it's it's a fun film. So yeah, I mean, uh, I... budget wise, yeah, I got the numbers here for you. Um, it opened with a budget of sixteen million dollars opening weekend. Far from anything that you would have uh, expected. Six point eight million. Shit, shit. Basically, opening, it grossed sixteen point two million, so it made its money back worldwide. It doubled it thirty one and a half. So okay, so it, it made a little bit of money. It, uh, it, kind of, it, but, it it's it nearly made money. It probably about broke even. And probably majority of the audience was male. Oh, I mean, because I remember the trailers for this. That's that's what got me here. I saw it in two thousand nine, oh. and it was just like you know Dude, Meg, Megan Fox hot, it, yeah. Uh, girl, girl, and girl action was like fuck yeah. yeah. Let's say that I watched yeah, the movie. Like, I'm just was, like it was sold. It was sold as that's like the thing. I think why it makes it a cult classic. Yeah, yeah. and I, never saw, I saw it. I saw it two thousand nine. Was like what the shit was that? <laughs> then and that's the thing. Yeah, it's it's crazy because they, they sell it like that sex. Like it's gonna be like this sexy like you know sexy horror slasher type thing and. You know, obviously, with the whole Me Too movement and stuff like that, you see this now, and you're like, "Wow, it's which, like really which we will get which will empowering film." Which we'll yeah. get to at the yeah, end, for but, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, another thing that I remember, like the marketing for this is similar to, do you remember the marketing for Wild Things? Oh my God, yes, because I went and saw it. I, dude, yeah, it was just like <laughs> okay, so Wild like, Things came out in what ninety eight, ninety nine, ninety seven. 99, okay. So this is like 15, 16-year-old Russ, I remember. Oh, my God, I heard there's there's girls kissing in this movie. Like, you know, and like we're like fucking teenagers. We're like, you know, horny little teenagers, right? And uh, I remember my dad took me and my buddies, like me and three of my three or four of my other guy friends, we all went and we watched it. And it was so like, oh, we were like, oh, my God, we're so immature watching this movie, right? Yeah, but uh, I actually... totally remember. That's why, as soon as you said that, how that was marketed, um, absolutely, yeah, yeah, the marketed that, just like that. The movie's actually like pretty brilliant, though, and it, it, it just again another one that's like grossly missed by the trailers. But again, why is this movie? Why does this marketing not reflect what this film is? And we'll get into it right now. This is Jennifer's body. 
Oh, uh, so the movie starts off. The movie starts off. We meet our titular character Jennifer, play, played by Megan Fox. The movie then, assumingly, gets flagged for a fa- for a false start, five yard penalty, and we start again <laughs> with another main character, Needy, played by Amanda. Say, it's really weird how this begins. Like it starts. It starts twice. It's 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 I. I, f- I find it so like bizarre. Yeah, it- film does that. It throws you off because, like, this – because, okay, so everything that happens in the film, like, would be – like, this would be the ending of the film. But it's but it's the flash it back to when it all started. So, yeah, yeah it's like, which, it's, it, like watching it, you're like, what? I'll admit, this is a this is a convention I'm not entire – I'm not a super huge fan of, you know, kind of like a, you know, start start the story where it begins, you know, kind of thing. Uh, it's been done so many times. It's been that's done a I... lot. Uh, yeah, direct, direct. This movie is directed. We should say directed by Karen Kusama, written by Diablo Cody. So weird combination behind it, and it really does show in the finished product, which again we'll we'll get into. Uh, this is our this is our actual main character, Needy, played by Amanda Seyfried, who I've always thought was really supremely underrated as an actress. She's like incredibly talented. She is, and it's funny that her f- character. Her character's name's like Anita, but it's Needy. Her character is kind of like Needy in the film, though, Which, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's the, I think that's, that's kind of funny. It, it's clearly, it's clearly not an accident. That's that, that yeah. very clearly, intentionally no, done. No, and I just thought that was kind of, I thought, that, I thought that was kind of creative. Right at the bat, this movie to set sets the tone, sets the tone for itself pretty well because you know Needy, she's in prison. You don't know why, and she's like, she's like, I'm a kicker. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and then she's talking to this <laughs> oh, nurse. Who she for no reason? Okay, there is a reason for it. We'll get to it later. But like, just <laughs> there's easier ways to do this. It's, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee kicks her. She like she Bruce flying. Lee. This is Sparta. Just like nails this nurse. <laughs> she goes flying like fifty feet. Yeah, her version of the Derrick Henry stiff arm. And we're just like, oh, I saw him. Like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> I cause I didn't know what was cause at this point. You don't know what's going on. You're just like, what the hell is what the hell's happening? So. She gets thrown into solitary, and then she t- and then she takes you back to where the events of the film began. It takes place in a, in a town called Devil's Kettle, which is, I believe, this is a real town, named after a waterfall, which admittedly looks pretty cool. I'd probably dive into that if I was. I'd pro- probably dive oh, into absolutely. it. Absolutely. Since, since uh, absolutely, I, d- I thought it was so cool. Yeah. Uh, so she is friends with Jennifer. I play that Megan. Like I said, play by Megan Fox. Who is she's like she's like the it girl of this school. It probably helps she's, that she's she's Megan Fox at that at that time. <laughs> yeah, uh, it probably helps that she's clearly twenty five in, in this school. Oh, absolutely. Weirdly enough, though, Amanda Seyfried looks like she looks right at home in high school because like she she still looked pretty youthful. Megan Fox though, you're she like, looks you're so perfect a, as the homely girl. You're clearly a grown adult. I don't know what you're doing here. <laughs> But Amanda Seyfried plays that homely girl perfect in this. Like you, like there's times you're like, holy shit! Like you, you're watching it, and she like transports herself in it. You know what I mean? And you're like, wait a minute, that's Amanda Seyfried. Like, yeah, they they do they do the thing that like, they yeah. do the thing that movies that like people make fun of, where they take like a really like attractive attractive woman because Amanda Seyfried's beautiful. Like I'll, I'll say that right now, she's she's yeah. an incredibly attractive woman. And they do the thing where like they mess, they scruff up her hair, get her a pair of glasses. Like, oh, now she's the average chick. It's just like, okay, no, 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 fuck you, no. We were making fun of that in, in '98. <laughs> she's all that. Oh, I was just gonna say Rachel Lee Cook, and she's all that. Yeah, right. Like, like we were making fun of it when they, when they before they even started doing Rachel Lee Cook in the '90s. Like, no, you're not getting away with it. In 2009. 
but yeah, Rachel Lee Cook, like, I, but I think like the fun part about that is Rachel Lee Cook really like hit that out of the park. Like that's that that's to me, it's like that's always the image I go to when I see that. Yeah, but they did they do parody really parody it really well in a not another teen movie. Remember the scene where it's just like, okay, you oh, ma- it's perfect. I'm gonna give you a makeover. Let down your hair. Take off your glasses. I'm finished. <laughs> like that's. Like I, I, that's that's, Dude, that's hilarious. A good, that's a great movie. Oh yeah, I, I like them a lot. We, we we should look at that one one day. Uh, we we absolutely should. I'm I'm totally down. So yeah, uh, the two of them are going to a concert that night. Uh, you know, Jennifer being the more rambunct- rambunctious of the two, uh, Needy being the more grounded one. She's the one that's got a boyfriend. They're going steady. They're going well. He's played by young Neil from Scott Pilgrim versus the World. And she's like, he's like, oh, be ca- be careful out there, you crazy kids. And <laughs> they go to like this like biker like trucker bar, which which yeah, by the way totally does it, not yeah. fit for the the kind of band like because like it's it's an indie rock band. So like wh- why they're they playing never, this place? It, yeah. They would never play here because they would not like they, they would no, not bring especially a especially a bar named Melody Lane. Melody Lane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a shitty name for a bar. We also find out that Jennifer kind of gets around because she's an- she's ambushed by one of the guys kind of hooking up with, played by Chris Pratt. What? How how awesome was that when you're uh, like watching like holy shit? I totally forgot all about that. I, yeah, was, I totally forgot nice he was to in watch this. Watching years down the road, yeah. Because like I hear that voice was like you're like holy shit. I'm like that sounds like Chris Pratt. Like holy shit, it is Chris Pratt. Don't worry, there's another holy shit moment too. I, if you know what I'm talking about, teacher wise, yeah, you'll get it. Oh no, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get there, but. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, the, uh, the name of this band is called Low Shoulder. Again, indie indie rock band. You see them, we totally you totally get their vibe. Their lead singer is played by Adam Brody, who starts taking a liking to to Jennifer. Uh, of course, and, of course, and they they want they want her for something. Uh, so they start playing. Music actually not bad. It's, it's 2009 as fuck, but it's not bad. Oh. Absolutely, it is like your uh, Huba Stank, your uh, and all that stuff that you were left Fallout Boy, your Panic at the Disco. Oh yeah, yeah. See, that, yeah, the bar somehow catches fire. I don't know how. Can we talk? We don't let's know. Just, let's just talk about this for a second, okay? Okay. Um, how does anybody not realize this and like yell? Look, no one, re- no one sees that it's on fire until the bar is literally burning down. <laughs> It's like you guys literally have the worst senses ever. Like, like nobody sees it. Like, wait a minute. I think does, we should wait. That's does, fire. Does um, it's anyone? Does anyone in this town have any sense of self-preservation? No, that no, they do not. They wait till it like is like, completely almost blowing up to start. It's, oh shit! We actually need to get out of here. But I give I give props to the extras, and, like the stunt people, because there are people who are like one thousand percent on fire. <laughs> it oh, looks awesome. They're evil, yeah, yeah. They're they're doing their like best evil can evil type shit for oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so they get so needy and Jennifer get out because they had the genius idea that nobody else had to escape through the bath the bathroom window. <laughs> nobody saw. It. Nobody followed. They're like, hmm, I wonder where these girls were going. <laughs> let's follow. Let's follow them. Oh well, some someone saw them. Uh, low shoulder, low shoulder. Lead singer Adam Brody. He sees them. He's like, hey, uh, Jennifer, how about you come? How about you come with me in my van? That midge of my van. Can we just say that he's not a convincing? He's not a. He's not a convincing Nikolai. Like Nikolai is his name. Like Nikolai. 
Nikolai is his name. Like, like it's like Russian. I'm like, that's not Adam Brody. You could have just called him Nick. Like, would have been, would have been much, would have been much, much better sell. Yeah, yeah it would have been more OC of them to do that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Jennifer goes with low shoulder. Needy goes home. Somehow, I'm pretty sure Jennifer drove him there. So I'm, not sure, I'm not sure how she got I'm not sure she got home. Uh, Bitch walked home. <laughs> or wait, no, Needy drove. Oh, Needy did drive. That's right. Needy, Needy did drove. drove. Needy drove. Never mind. Yeah, I was thinking about it for a second because that's why – because Needy was talking to Jennifer about saying, hey, I drove. So let's just, I just kind of was trying to pull her away from going into Creepy Dude's van. That's right. Okay, that's that's right. Yeah. No, 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 no what throws me off is the fact that she said, I'll, I'll pick you up at 830 – which made me think that she was driving. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what we get right now is maybe the scariest scene of the entire film. Uh, Needy goes home, and she starts to hear some, like, some weird creaks in her house. There's a knock on her door. Oh, yeah. Like, I think Karen Kusama does a great job building building tension in this sequence. Because, like, the way, oh, she, absolutely. The way she uses yeah. sound, her camera movements are great. Like, it's, I think this is an incredibly well-done sequence. It's a trope we've seen before, but that's not to say that, you know, it still sets the mood and it still makes you on edge. If you so, can do it effectively, I mean, for sure it works. you can do it effectively. Not to mention it's followed by an incredibly effective jump scare. <laughs> because oh, what happens... Yeah, I mean, yeah she, look she, what Carpenter did in Halloween. Same thing, yeah. Yeah, so she turns around and Jennifer's standing right there. She's all bloody. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? And, like, Needy's like, she's, she's in shock. She's not phased by this. And I will say this. Okay, so... I don't want to talk about this now because Megan Fox has often been criticized for not being the greatest actress. A criticism she's, Dude, she's good in this. She's acknowledged she's not the greatest actress. Yeah. But I yeah. will say, this scene right here is maybe the best acting I've ever seen her do. Yeah, because it's it's yeah it's it's serious yeah. Like she, like it's it's all her. It's all in her face. It's all in her body and facial movements. She doesn't say a word. And she managed to be just yeah. incredibly effective, and it was like wow, like for, for sure. And look, some of her line reading in this movie are just some of them are like okay, pretty good. Some of them are like oh, I don't, I don't know if that's intentionally bad or not. But but my yeah, but the thing, some of those one-liners that she puts out though are hilarious, like that are really funny. And I think she plays into, I think they play into her being that like ditzy pretty girl next door type. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I and I, I will say that. Like the phys- she shows an incredible physicality in this film and this scene especially like she's in- she's incredible yeah absolutely yeah I-, I think for sure yeah I think this scene does a great job at just not just like shocking you with a scary image but like following through with like scary things actually happening because like she's like yeah. go- she's like e- she's, like eating like their rotisserie chicken she's like throws up like a bunch of like bl- like black goo. Here, it's like what the what it's the almost fuck like happened? tar tar yeah yeah it does it does look like tar yeah it's like, what the fuck happened and you know even Needy's like what the hell what the hell happened because she goes to school the next day and Jennifer's fine he's like it's like what the didn't bring us to my house like you know cre- like creep creeping out doing stuff like last night do you not remember any of that and she's not acting any she's not acting any different she's acting like the same old Jennifer she she usually does. Her shift's come yeah. later, but we'll talk about that. This is the scene. This is the part you were talking about. This is the oh shit moment again, man. Yeah, because they have they're in their science class and they have their teacher played by a nearly unrecognizable 
J.K. Simmons. I was like, oh my god, and then it was like another, oh shit, I totally forgot again, man. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. You don't recognize him because of A, the layers, B, the wig, yeah. uh, and C, the accent. And D, he has like a robotic like a robotic arm. Oh yeah, he has like a prosthetic hand. Like a prosthetic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't like I don't know, like it, it's it's just so weird to see because he, he like nothing about this role screams J.K. Simmons. No, and like is it like almost like a Canadian accent, well, or like a uh, th- or like a a, a northern a Minnesota, Minnesota accent or something? Yeah, isn't isn't yeah. I think Devil's Kettle? I think that's what Devil's Kettle is. I think it, I think it is Minnesota. Oh, okay, so that would make sense. Almost like a, a Fargo type uh, accent. He's the only one that's doing it, but. Oh, oh yeah, that's that's the thing. That's why it just makes no sense. It's kind of, but it's, it is funny and it makes you like, wa- like watch when he's on the screen. Though you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, we yeah we find out that the, a lot of people died that night at the at the fire. A lot of people died. Uh, <laughs> so, but you know, Jennifer seems like Jennifer doesn't go fuck. She does not give a fuck. About these people, she's like, we made it out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Whatever. I'm whatever. I'm making fucks. I'm not doing Transformers three. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's also showing the showing the gap between her and between her and Needy. And also, I do think they do. Uh, Kusama and um, blanking on her name. Uh, Kusama, Kusama and Cody do a great job of like building intrigue. Because because you know, yeah. I mean, you obviously know something is off. Like something is incredibly off, but you don't you don't know what. Uh, and the, again, it and you definitely know something's off in the next scene. Which so there's a part in the, when they're in the bar, in which uh, Jennifer gets hit on by this by this dude. He's like, ha, I never heard of this guy. I think he, he thinks he's cute enough to get me. He's like, shit. <laughs> what the? It's like what? Uh, so she starts to hook up with him. And then they they go into the woods, and then like, what what happens is what I can only describe as like Prince Charming from Snow White's worst nightmare. <laughs> because yeah, I just like, think it's so weird, like how the animals all surround them when they're making out. Yeah, the these animals surround him. These these animals surround him, and it's like, what's going on? And it's like, oh, don't worry, don't worry about it. And then she's like, starts to like she like like super strength, and like her she gets like these like. Like fangs for teeth, and yeah. like, like what, like what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, she just the, completely mauls him. She, 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 she mauls him. She, he, he, he is, he is no longer with us. Uh, people, people find him in the woods, and this is a really, this is a really weird thing, and this is something that you can tell was kind of cut down during, during editing. Uh, do you, do you know, uh? I'm trying to say, uh, when they were pulling the kid's body out of the woods, did you recognize the dad? He looked familiar. Uh, it's, it's, it's Bill. It's Bill Fagerbake, which is the guy he played. Oh Tom, God, okay. He played Tom in uh, the Stand. He voices Patrick on SpongeBob. Um. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw them just like, wow. oh, I'm like oh, that looks like Bill Fagerbake. And I looked it up, like it is. Like it turns out he has more scenes in the unrated cuts of this film. Wow, that's your, 
your third oh shit moment in this film, like with the with the cameos. Some ra- random ass fucking casting in this film. Oh, dude, for sure. But yeah, Jennifer continues on, like on the best things in sliced bread. Uh, and meanwhile, you know, Needy and her boyfriend, who I I will say, like, I do like them. I do like the casting of those two actors a couple. They have chemistry and they also they do read as an Chip. average couple. Yeah, Chip. I like that actor. He was in Perks of Being a Wallflower, too. He was in Perks of Being a Wallflower. You're right. Yeah, that's kind of where I recognized him from. But, yeah, really believable uh, really believable couple. Like, you, you, you fit, like they're, like, in the same league together. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like one of those, oh, I don't buy that as a couple. You know what I mean? You, you see them on the screen. You're like, yeah, I buy that for sure. Yeah, we also find out that uh, the band Low Shoulder from earlier – uh, they wrote a hit song about the events that transpired, that that, tra- that transpired in there, <laughs> and I do love this. Like they like you know uh, in, in memory of uh, you know the guy who who uh, of, of the guy who passed away. Uh, Low shoulder yeah. has, d- has done the single for us through the trees, uh, and yeah. they are releasing as a benefit <laughs> single, and will give us th- and 3% three percent of the profits. 3%. We'll go to the thing. I like how Meta Safer goes, where's the other 97 go? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, three cents to a dollar, seriously? I'm like, yeah, that's, that, like, that, that's, that, that is dick. That is really dick. That, seriously, they, they were there seeing you perform when all this shit happened. It reminds me of, uh, I don't, I don't even remember this, but like, there was a, there was a period where I, it was, I think it was Kim Kardashian who did, she was doing, uh, uh, like a auction off her stuff for like for breast cancer research or something like that. She she did it for okay. charity, and she like she gave a whopping ten percent of the proceeds to charity. It's like this chick. That's that's bullshit. And she and she got hell for it, rightfully so. She should. She lives in like a castle for Christ's sake. Like I can't believe she'd have the nerve to, because you know that's going to be publicized. Why the hell would you even like like at least go, if you're going to do it, at least do half. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, so another thing that's interesting about this scene is the fact that one of the, one of the students just like jumps to defend this band, just aggressively, and just like, wait, what's 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 going what's going on here? So, like something something is off. Uh, but yeah. um, but a, but a month goes by and Jennifer's not looking so she's not looking so great. I mean, she still looks like Megan Fox. No, she, so looks she looks like fine, but she still she still looks good. But something's not right. Oh yeah, it's like. It looks like Megan Fox literally is actually human. You know, is actually like one of us that doesn't put on the makeup, doesn't take all the time to do their hair or put lipstick on. You know what I mean? Like you see those airbrush photos. This is like this is like Megan Fox raw. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, so, you know, then one of the e one of the 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 guys asked her out. Uh, one of you know, the evil goth guy, Colin. I didn't recognize. I didn't recognize him at first. I looked him up. Turns out he played. Uh, Impulse, aka like Future Flash and Smallville. Like, oh, that's where I know that guy from. Okay, cool. Uh, can I can I tell you? I, I thought he looked like a Devin Sawa. He did look a little like Devin Sawa, like like a goth Devin Sawa. But I knew Devin Sawa was was older, and I don't even know why I went on IMDb and I thought I was like, oh, it's Devin Sawa. And I looked, I was like, no, I was like, what? And like, because it literally looked just like a goth Devin Sawa. Look, they're really pushing with Megan Fox in high school. Devin Sawa would just be that's just like throwing it at the wall. 
Well, you got to understand though, he was like literally how old Colin was in 2000's Final Destination, so that wouldn't have made sense. I should have thought about it. Oh yeah, okay. I'm about to say like 2009. Like, what the fuck? How old do you think Devin Sawa is? That's that's why I that's why I thought of it for a second. Then I'm like, oh wait a minute. And then I just realized, what the hell are you doing? Like, he's 2000. He was in Final Destination. He was literally Colin's probably age. Uh, that he was supposed to be in high school. I'm like, oh, I, I totally messed that up. But yeah, but he anyway, looks totally like him, though. But anyways, Colin asked uh, Jennifer out. She reluctantly accepts. She's like, hey, you know what? Why don't you just come over and we can watch? What were they? What was they were gonna watch? I can't remember. They were gonna watch. Um, oh, they were gonna watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. No, no, no. That's what they, that's what they wanted to go see. That's what Colin wanted to go see. But she said, come over, come over. And we can remember, watch she said something about. I don't like rock. I don't no, like she boxing said Rocky films. Horror Picture. No, no, no. I know, I know, I know. But... I don't like. Yeah, but then it said like you can come over and we can watch something. I, I just picked something. I can't remember what it was. Someone, someone else can tell us. But, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So that happened. I do like that line. <laughs> it's also funny because it's funny how like different like slang terms were <laughs> as opposed to now. Because like earlier in the film, Jennifer calls the lead singer of uh, "low shoulder salty." Like it, it looks super salty. I'm like wow, that means yeah. that means something totally different now. <laughs> that's that's funny. Yeah, I'm like salty. I'm like salty means like butthurt. Or yeah, like, Sa- like, salty like, means um, like pi- like pissy. Like our yeah. sex like pissed off. Pissy, yeah. Yeah, salty means like 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 uh, like groovy or like attractive or you know it's like it's really weird. It's really yeah. It, it, it's cool to see the transition of like uh, slang terms from you know then to now. Uh. But anyways, yeah. Uh, so then, uh, you know, we have uh, Jennifer trying to hook up with Colin, and we have Needy uh, going to, uh, you know, take care of Chip's needs <laughs> at the same time. Uh, so I mean, yeah, we get, we get, we get a uh, dual love scenes. One of which I, would, I do want to talk about the one with Colin because <laughs> he's driving, goes to like this dark ass neighborhood, but like no, like no lights, doesn't look any, there's doesn't no, look like anybody, no doesn't look like anybody lives here. So I like. So, dude, you turn around. This is why she couldn't do this to a to a black dude. Cause like you would see this and be like, you know what? Nope, out. <laughs> Just turn around. Bye. <laughs> it's like, dude, the booty call's not worth it. Dude. There's like the power's out, or it's like some weird shit's going on here. Yeah. So he goes into this like what I assume is like a house under renovations because like there's no furniture. It's still being it's still being constructed. No red and flags. He didn't climb. So like, no he, red flags. Yeah. He did, but he didn't. Cl- he didn't climb to get into the window area, did he? Uh, he got in through a window area, but I'm not sure if he had to climb to get to it. Okay, so he just because all you see is like like kind of how like renovation or like almost like uh, like uh, basically one of those abandoned houses almost looks like. Yeah, and again, this is another scene where like Karen Gusev really builds tension because like it, it's it's like a par- like a parallel scene because like as like one one of these scenes like going on for pleasure, the other one is going to cause great pain. Yeah, I, I do think it's done really well. Yeah. My question is like, why is yeah Needy, the par- parallel? Like, what's going on? Like, they never really answer like what's going on with Needy because like Needy during all this, she like feels this happening. Like she sees like the premonitions of like blood on on the ceiling. Then she looks up and she sees like you know Jennifer. She just she just killed Colin. That's where like remember, but, but also I I, I want to take you back to a scene where I can maybe explain this. Remember when. She said that they're almost like synced up. They're like synced, like friends. Because remember the time that he said something about, oh, yeah, uh, Jennifer's here. She's like, what? You hear needy or something like that? Like she's downstairs already. Oh, true. But they, they, they still don't so, really like, dive into I, that. 
they don't dive into it. And obviously, this is before, obviously, what we know at the end happens. You know what I mean? So obviously, it's like, yeah, they kind of leave that in limbo. Yeah, so uh, she sees that. She leaves Chip's house, goes back home. Jennifer, like, ambushes her, like, on the car. Again, amazing physicality displayed by Megan Fox because she is, like, genuinely terrifying in this scene. Uh, she goes back oh, to her, she goes back to her house, uh, and Jennifer's there. She's like, "What is what is happening?" <laughs> so we then get the explanation of what's going on, and honestly, the explanation is hilarious. So what happened? What had happened was uh, when when Low Shoulder took Jennifer out of you know away from the bar, they took her into the woods. Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Just face. <laughs> What happened? What happened is they wanted her for a ritual sacrifice because <laughs> you know how hard it is to make it as, indie, as an indie band these days. It's like say, like unless you're unless you're on Letterman yeah. or you're on a shitty soundtrack, no one knows who you are. Satan's our only hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then like you're really led to believe a girl looking like Megan Fox is a virgin through that's, high school. Yeah, okay. That's the, that's the other thing with this. So the whole thing is they need to, they need to sacrifice Come a virgin on, yeah. to Satan, and, and you're going to get whatever you want. So it's like, we sacrifice the... I'm sorry, what's your name again? <laughs> it's like, Jen, Jennifer, yeah. I don't know I, I don't know why you give me your real name in this situation, but whatever. You, you, again, never been in the situation, so I don't know what uh, to do. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. oh, we forgot to mention that this came off the back of, uh, you know, the the... The selling lesbian scene of the film where, you know, Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox make out, which that's what got teenagers in the theater. That's what got them in the theater. But back to what we were talking about before. I'll tell you what, though, that's a pretty it's a pretty hot pretty hot kissing scene, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, sure. I I I will I'll agree with you there. But so so that was just like <laughs> we sacrificed the Jenny in the name of Satan. Stab, stab, stab. But uh thing is she didn't die. Uh so yeah, she uh she can withstand uh so she she walks about the world. Or she walks about, uh, you know, yeah, the earth. Uh, she she has to feed though. So if she feeds on living flesh, then she can. She's virtually without injury. She doesn't feel pain. She heals instantly. I think they even say in the movie like like you're, you're like an X Man. <laughs> like like Twilight. Yeah. Uh, so uh, next day, uh, Jennifer does research. She finds out that Jennifer is basically. <laughs> Remind me South. I don't know if you just watched like the other season South Park. There's a scene where uh, Chef's about to get married. <laughs> I, my, my, the first time I was like, "She's a damn succubus." Yeah, she is a succubus, and the whole thing <laughs> is, uh, again, like we said, this needs they need to be a virgin sacrifice. Why you pick yeah. this chick? Why you pick this chick? I don't know. The low shoulder clearly, I'm very smart. So, <laughs> so yeah, seriously, uh, you need to sacrifice a virgin whatever you want. But if you don't sacrifice a virgin, which you didn't. Uh, you still yeah. get what you want, but the chick becomes possessed and she becomes like an immoral demon type thing. It's like, oh, so yeah, which they're obviously facing now. I don't know why. I don't know how or why this is a fair trade, but whatever. <laughs> I don't. I don't make the rules. <laughs> yeah, we didn't make the ritual rules. Come on now. Uh, so uh, Needy decided, okay, you know what? I need to stop Jennifer because people are going to keep dying. Which uh, she then. For no reason at all, breaks up with Chip. She's just like, "Look, it's not safe for me to be around you right now." So, uh, well, she's do- she's doing that to like save him, though. She doesn't want anything to happen to him. That's and it. I kind of see what she's saying, but it, like, pointlessly breaking up with him doesn't really solve it. You can no, you guys it- can just 
be together it, and do it? It, do, it doesn't. If anything, it makes him more yeah. vulnerable to attacks later, which we'll get to. But True, true. Like, if anything, you're, he's safer if you're still together. Uh, well, I understand that. Needy, obviously, I don't know the hell she was thinking. Yeah, so their, their spring formal is com- is coming up. They're all going. This this line you pointed at me that I completely missed. <laughs> Where it's just like, oh, it's hilarious! It's hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, chips, 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 going to the dance, and his monk is in pepper spray. And he's like, "Yep, young boys have been go- have been being kidnapped all over town. We don't want any to have it." He's like, "Mom, so all right, I can take care of myself. I've been using the Bowflex." <laughs> Dude, but how his delivery, how he says it to his mom, it's like, oh yeah, I'm badass. I I, I use the Bowflex. I, I use the bow. I use the Bowflex. I think no one's uses 1982. I'm good. And can we pl- and can we please like just give a shout out to the cameo for the gazelle, that guy with the long ponytail? We see that commercial, that infomercial, a couple times during this movie. Yes, that dude. That dude's the best. You know what I'm talking about? The guy with the black hat and the, po- the ponytail. Right. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, so yeah, uh, Amet, uh, so uh, Needy goes because she's like, okay, I need to figure out who is gonna get axed at this dance. Uh, low shoulder is there taking a break from their sold out tour from the success of Drunk Miss Virgin Sa- from the non Virgin Sacrifice uh, to play this to play this concert for him. <laughs> <laughs> and I d- I love the way I love the way she realizes this because while they're playing, we cut back to Chip who's walking to the dance and. It's a, she realizes, like, huh, everyone here, everyone's accounted for. No Jennifer. I don't see anybody. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. No, Chip's no chip. not here. No Chip. <laughs> the one guy who's not here because I broke up with him and had made him come alone is going to be Jennifer's next target. <laughs> it's like, no fucking okay, shit. Are you, are you supposed not, to be smart? Not well thought out. No. But, but I see what she was trying to do. It, it wasn't well thought out, though. It's the same. It's the same shit at the end of the fucking Spider-Man. I'm thinking Tom McGuire. Same shit at the end of the Spider-Man films. It's like, yeah, you br- you break up with her to keep her from danger, but she gets in danger anyways. There's no points. Yeah, so just get to the danger, damn it. <laughs> like just, 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 just stay, just stay together. Like it's it's much easier that way. Yeah, stay together. Battle the battle the danger together. Yeah. He he hi ho. Uh, so, uh, yeah, of course, Jennifer, Jennifer Cornership is just like, oh, the reason she broke up with you is because you are hooking up with that football player guy that got, died during the bar. Oh, uh, but so sad. So sad. You want to make out the pool house? <laughs> so, sure. It's like, yeah, and he's like, oh, shit, she has to go ambush him. But I do like that, you know, it does illustrate that, it does illustrate that their, their bond, because you have, you have Megan Fox running. right in front of you, and she, you have Megan Fox right in front of you, and she's just like, you know what? No, I, I'm still in Tanidi. I can't do this. He's like, okay. You know what? I tried doing. This, I tried doing this the fun way. You're you're making this hard. <laughs> so she starts to just attack him. Yeah. Just out of nowhere, which, yeah, leads to, leads to their big the big climax in the same place. I'm assuming the climax of the faculty took place. I yeah. And, I, I hear pool and a horse. And or swim faculty. fan. And or swim <laughs> right fan. In. Yeah. And or that uh. And uh, or that aired, and, and or, or uh, the Greg Luganis TV film, sorry Mario, sorry Mario Lopez. What about the other one where the um, oh, they couldn't see uh, the water? It was invisible. Somebody was invisible in the water. Oh, uh, what the hell? I don't remember that one. What the hell was it? They they threw. What the hell was it? They were in a pool and they were invisible. They, I, I can't think of what the hell it was. Me neither. So anyway, it was that same type of setting. 
Yeah, so uh, you know they had their fight. They they do catch they do catch her before she does catch her before she ultimately finishes off Chip. Uh, but yeah, yeah. The, the two of them go back and forth, just like you've always been. A sh- you've always been a shitty friend to me. Then why are you hanging out with her? <laughs> uh, just like well, you're this is a funny scene that happens up here. Yeah, and I do like the back, the, the back and forth where it's just like, or just like yeah, I've been relevant since the tenth grade when you were. I was the snowflake queen, which again would be something drastically different today. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, chips, sta- chips, and pails are with like a flagpole or something. He's. What was the line? Just like ow. No, not not ow, but just like. Oh, oh. He's like, do you have a tampon? He's like, no. Uh, I-, I assume you're packing. And she just like crawls out the window. <laughs> uh, do yeah. She goes, oh yeah. Do you need a tampon? Yeah. Oh, dude, it was hilarious. So that's a. It's it's so funny how she delivers it though. Yeah, again, like some 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 of Megan Fox reading in this are like they range from bad to so bad they're funny to like legit good. It's it's, it's probably just like all over the place. Uh, but there's Chip, a lot of funny one-liners in here though, for sure. Yeah, uh, but Chip dies in a surprisingly sad scene. I, I I was surprised how much Chip's death affected me. I really was. It, it, what is kind of sad because like it was like you realize like, and you obviously think back to the beginning. Obviously, you know Chip's dead. Um, but you're like, wow, like there's like a cute couple, you know what I mean? You kind of root for them, you know? Yeah. So, uh, we then go to where the film began. Uh, <laughs> Needy busts in like the Kool-Aid man or some shit, yeah. uh, goes through the window and fights her with like a box cutter. He's like, do you know what it's for? Cutting boxes. I'm like, yeah, we Oh, okay. That's, 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 that's kind of clever. <laughs> so. Uh, the two of them, ha- the two of them have their fights, and then for no reason whatsoever, because the- she still has her, de- her demon powers, right? So she's floating, then yeah. she rips off her bet, her BFF ne- ne- necklace, yeah. and then she falls, and then yeah. she stabs her. It's just like, wait, why did why did why did that work? Like, why why what did that take away oh, her demon tip. powers? Yeah, <laughs> oh my tit. No, it's your heart, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Again, another funny th- like a funny throwaway line. I just think. This movie's full of a lot of funny one-liners. Like I, I, oh, yeah. I messaged you when I was watching. I'm like, I forgot how funny like these these lines are. Now, you know what I mean? So Jennifer dies. Jennifer Mullen busts in, sees Nee with the box cutter, and that's why she's in jail at the beginning. Uh, but also it turns out a lot of a lot of addendums in this film. Turns out that if a demon bites you and you don't die, you get their power, which I guess is why she tried to get into solitary confinement so she can break out of jail, which. I don't know why I had to be in solitary to do this. I mean, you've been in jail for how long? And you didn't try to bust out. My thing was, I thought she got, st- I thought she got like bit in the neck, and but I guess it's the back shoulder area that you see I the scratch. Get, it looks there. like the neck, but I guess it's the, I guess it's the shoulder. Well, cause yeah, because you were you on the same. Okay, but it's like she, yeah. also, like she like moves her shirt, and like it's on her shoulder. So it's, yeah, which makes no sense because it looked like she like she got bit in the in the neck. Uh, regardless, yeah. she gets out. She's picked up by Lance Henriksen in a very bizarre cameo, and she goes to see. She goes to try and finish off Low Shoulder for starting all this shit, which she does in the end credits. Oh, which is it's it's so great though, because she and I like how she says, "Oh yeah," she's like, "Oh, it must be some band," and she goes, "Oh yeah, it's their last show." So great, <laughs> yeah, such a great line, great line. But yeah, so that was that is Jennifer's body, which like I said. Uh, not very well received at the time, uh, but it's kind of falling yeah. over a year. And the question is why? I think for, for a lot of reasons, but I, the main one I think we kind of touched on earlier. It, it is it is the Me Too movie because this is you can construe this as a femi- as a feminist film. 
because it does deal a lot with female sexuality. Uh, the character, the female character, well written. It does tell a lot of like, things like from female female perspective, like you know the whole like idea of like yeah. the set, like, the sanctity of virginity. Uh, you know the whole idea of you know in- insecurity, female friendships. There's a lot of layers in this film. But Russell, yeah, what 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 do you think? What are your final thoughts on Jennifer's body, and what are your biggest takeaways from it? Honestly, I just I really enjoy this film. I just I, it was funny because I remember watching it not. Obviously, being in the camp, I was in the camp of the, like, eh, this movie's not that great. Um, but just just having a conversation, saying, you know what, let's let's recheck this out again. I think I think we're gonna get a take from it, and, and I'll be damned. Like I kind of did. Like you get that female that female empowerment type thing. You know what I mean? You have you know Needy's character isn't afraid to change or you know uh, change who she is or basically act fake. She is what you see is what you get. You know what I mean? You do see. see kind of uh jennifer's character kind of just being that typical popular girl you know what i mean just saying what you know you say is cool and all that stuff like you, you get that and just kind of how like we touched upon like the me too movement i think that this movie obviously ages in a different light now you know what i mean and i think that's what i take out of it i take out of it now it's more of a you know it's like a pro-feminism movie almost you know what i mean i i, I think that you know i think it'd be silly not to to remiss that idea or notion i, I just think that I think the movie does, I think because it's shown that different light, I think the movie actually benefits from it. It benefits from aging 10 plus years. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I mean, the people who like love this movie, like say it's misunderstood. I think it's a bad rep. And yeah, yeah. You know, I think, I think, I think it's fun. Like a lot, a lot of the time I think it kind of forgets what the, what the point, of, what the point of the film is. But uh, it's fun though. It's st- like oh, it's, yeah, to me, no, it's, it's like fun. mindless fun. Yeah, I think it's I think it's yeah. enjoyable. I'll definitely watch it again. I do think that if you get if, if you get a really strong message out of this film and that's your biggest takeaway, then yeah, that's cool. I mean, good for, good for good for you. I, I can definitely see like yeah. where people can see that. Uh, for me though, yeah, I think it's a definitely uh, definitely a fun 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 horror film, and I see why it has the biggest following as it does. So, yeah, that's our review of Jennifer's Body, everybody. Uh, what do you think about the film? Uh, that's uh, Russell. Our plugs. Yeah, go ahead. Find us on Notorious by Chance in the Facebook group. We're rounding in almost 400. And get get involved on that. That's where we put up the polls. We leave it to you guys to vote. We'll have another pull up. Well, we'll have a, a pull up, I should say, not another poll, but a pull up this coming week to you know vote on what we're going to review next. You know, we love you know, Scary Movie Fest. Uh, you know, our third annual Scare Fest. It's fun, um, and we're going to be winding down. We have a couple more to go, but uh, you know, it's always a fun time. Um, so go ahead and get us on there, and also. Notorious by chance on YouTube, we we know we keep saying it, we keep saying it. We're gonna go and review something we haven't, but we will. Uh, we'll get that back up and running soon. And if I'm on Twitter, it's gonna chance was underscore ninety one. And as of publishing this today, I will be defending my team belt against Shazam, Lutrish Modown. Uh, if you're a ten dollar patient, you get that match. But if you want to watch it, uh, you can go to uh, the Schmodown Live to buy your tickets for the live stream. Do it; it's gonna be great. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, and like we said, we will see you next week for week three of Scarefest.